0: All right, let me, let me, uh, let me say, parents, uh, having had six children uh, of our own, uh, we know what it's like for kids to make noise during worship. We love the noise, okay? Please know that. Don't, if you're a parent here and your child is beginning to make some noise, unless it's a blood-curdling scream, uh, don't worry about it. Uh, We love having the kids here, and your presence and their presence is worth a little extra noise. So enjoy it, okay, and don't worry about it. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 is our text this morning or afternoon. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 through 8, if you're turning your Bible there. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 through 8. This, this is God's Word to us. Paul the Apostle is writing and he says, the point is this, whoever sows, that means whoever gives or plants the seed of generosity, whoever sows sparingly, that means whoever gives just a little bit or gives stingily, Will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully, that means generously, much, sacrificially, open handedly, whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion that means not with a sour spirit or a whining heart for what God loves a cheerful giver and God is able to make all grace abound to you So that having all sufficiency in all things at all times you may abound in every good work. I want you to repeat that last verse after me phrase by phrase. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency... In all things, at all times, you may abound in every good work. May God bless His Word as we hear it today. 2 Corinthians 8 and 9 are nothing less than a fundraising letter. I don't know if you were aware of this, but there are actually a couple of fundraising letters In the Bible, 2 Corinthians 8 and 9, Paul sends this letter to the Corinthians to raise funds uh, for the poor who were in Jerusalem. And then over in the book of Romans, the book of Romans, if you study it carefully, you can see that it is a missionary support letter or fundraising letter as well, where Paul is raising support for the pioneer advance of the gospel of Jesus Christ, to to take the gospel where it's never gone before. So in 2 Corinthians 8 and 9 and in the book of Romans, we have two examples of the church in the New Testament raising funds, raising money for specific needs. And as you read 2 Corinthians 8 and 9, You see that Paul appeals to these Corinthians to give out of their plenty to the needs of others. He appeals to love, he appeals to fairness. They shouldn't have so much when others have so little. He appeals to the extreme exemplary generosity of others. He appeals to the example of Christ. He appeals to their claim that they love other Christians, and he actually says in chapter 8, prove it through your giving. He appeals to all these things, and here in the text that we've just looked at, he says this, and God is able. God is able to make all grace abound to you. So that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. Did you? I, this is one of those texts where I think it's impossible for the preacher to get as excited as Paul is. Paul, Paul is using every phrase he can use here to to pump into us a sense of joy. Listen, there there are five alls and everys. God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things, at all times you may abound in every good work. Let's let's explore that and kids you can follow along here. I think you'll find it pretty easy to do that. So let's, let's begin. And God is able. That's how the verse begins. And God is able. He can do it. That's, that's what Paul is saying. God is able. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Excuse me for a sec. And God is able. He's he's a God who can do it. We may not know the plans of God. We may not know the timing of God. We may not know the ways of God. But brothers and sisters, let us never doubt the ability of God. God is able. I'm reminded of three teenagers back in the Old Testament. Shadrach. Meshach, and Abednego. How many of you children have heard of those three teenagers? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And uh, you'll remember maybe the, the time when there was, a, there was an evil king, a bad king who has a really weird name, King Nebuchadnezzar. Can you kids say that? Nebuchadnezzar. You can just say King Neb. Alright, King Neb. This, this king set up an idol, set up an image, and he was trying to make everybody bow down before this image, and he told Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, if you don't bow down to this image, I'm going to throw you into a blazing hot fiery furnace, and you're going you're, you're to burn to death. And, and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, said, this is what they said to the king. They said, if this be so, our God whom we serve is... Able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But if not, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. What an amazing statement of faith! Our God is able, but if he doesn't, we're still going to be faithful. We're still going to follow Him. We're still going to love Him. Our God, brothers and sisters, our God is able. He is able through us to raise $150,000 toward a down payment. He, he is able through us to give us this building. He is not this building, that building. God, <laughs> less than... Lest our folks, our hosts here are listening to me No, that building. He is able to give us that building. He is able to increase our staff. He is able to expand the ministries that God is calling us to. He is able... Now, if for any reason He does not do that, we are still going to be faithful to Him. We are going to still follow Him. We are still going to trust Him. Our God is able. Our God is able, Paul says, to make all grace abound. All grace. Now, we like the word grace. We love the word grace. Grace simply defined means undeserved favor. When we get a blessing or a kindness that we don't deserve, that's grace. And grace is, is perhaps the sweetest and richest of all Bible terms, maybe other than love. But grace is when God just pours out on us blessing and favor and gifts that we don't deserve and our lives are full of grace. There's there's the grace that we saw we see back in verse 9 of chapter 8, right? The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich, yet for our sakes he became poor that we through his poverty might be made rich. This is grace. This is God's undeserved kindness to us. But in 2 Corinthians 8 and 9, the primary grace that is being talked about when Paul says that God is able to make all grace abound to you is the grace of giving. There's seven times in these two chapters where Paul says that to give... To be moved to give and then to actually give is is an act of grace. It's God's grace poured into our lives for us every Sunday to be able to put gifts into an offering. Our tithes and our offerings. That's not so much a duty. It is something we're supposed to do. But it's not primarily a duty. It's a grace. It's a gift from God. We get to do that. We don't deserve to do that. We, we don't deserve to even be here on Sundays. But God in His kindness and mercy gives us the grace, the privilege, the favor to give. And Paul says that God is able to make all grace, this grace of giving, to make it abound in us. And you ask the question, well, how is He able to do that? I suggest in two ways. First of all, He is the one who moves in our hearts. He's the one who stirs us. He's the one who awakens us. And We, we said, I think, last week, you know, there was, there was a time when none of us wanted to give. We were selfish and stingy. But now we love to give. Now we want to give. He's the one that put that there. He puts the grace, the desire to give in our hearts. But also, He's the one who controls the assets, He's the one whose assets everything are. Psalm 24 and verse 1. The earth is the Lord's and all it contains. It's all His. It's all His. And so He can give us grace to abound in giving grace Because he's the one who works in our hearts to make us willing to do it. And he's the one who actually puts the resources in our hands by his sovereign purposes so that we have to give. And Paul says, God is able, God is able to make all grace, all this giving grace, think of it folks, all this giving grace that we're being called to, he is able to make all grace abound. Now listen, it gets very personal What does Paul say? God is able to make all grace abound to you. This is is interesting. This affects me. Very often when we think about giving, don't we think, well, that's somebody else who can do that. That's somebody else who's in the position where they can do that. That's somebody else who has the resources to do that. Paul says, no. God is able to make all grace abound to you. Every one of us, every one of us is given the grace, the abounding grace, to give. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency. That means He is able to give you everything you need so you can have something to give. He is able to give you everything you need so that you can have something to give. Look at verses 10 and 11. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply. That's an absolute promise. He will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. This is an amazing text. God gives us all sufficiency by giving us seeds of resource in our lives which when we plant them will grow and will keep on growing so that we will have even more to give God does this now I got something I want to show you something that was in my pocket a second ago this thing is huge you see it it's an apple seed that's the apple seed right there Do do you realize how big this thing is What's inside of this seed? A tree. If I were to plant this in my backyard, after a few years, a tree would grow out of that apple seed. And that tree would have thousands of apples, all of which would have a bunch of seeds in them, and with the seeds of those apples, you could plant thousands more trees that would produce hundreds of thousands more apples and millions more seed. You get in the picture? And if you were really creative, you could, once the trees are done giving their apples, you could cut them down and slice them into boards and you could make houses out of them. It's all inside of here. I have to pause. Isn't God amazing? Behold our God. Behold our God. (laughs) How does he do that? Was it C.S. Lewis said that some things are bigger on the inside than they are on the outside. And he talked about the manger in Bethlehem where Inside that little manger was the eternal Son of God. Bigger on the inside than on the outside. This seed, so tiny. But thousands of trees are inside of it. Isn't that amazing? What this text says to us, moms and dads, brothers and sisters, boys and girls, what this text says to us is that God gives us seeds, generosity seeds. God gives us resources of time and energy and, yes, money. And He says, I want you to plant those seeds. And if you plant those little seeds, it may seem oh so small. But if you plant those little seeds, God will make them grow. And he will turn that little thing into something big. And when that happens, then all kinds of trees start growing people trees. People who have come to know Jesus, people who, through the testimony of this church and the people in this church, people who find out that there was a Savior, that there was somebody who made himself poor on the cross so that they might become rich and have a whole new life as we heard from Brother Bill from the testimony from the prison. This is, this is what God does. This is what God does. He takes our little seeds and He does amazing things. May it be that as we consider how God wants us to give, we will have the kind of faith that Paul had right here to think nothing is too small to give because God can take this small thing and make it huge make it huge God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things that just means whatever's going on in your life whatever the circumstances whatever the needs God is able To make you abound so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, which means right now, think back to the Macedonian Christians that we heard about last week, their time was what? Extreme affliction and poverty. And yet they became legendary for their generosity. God can make you generous at all times. God can give you seeds to plant at all times. We are never too poor. We are never too rich. We are never too anything. God can use us. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound. He abounds toward us so that we may abound for Him. Now what are we to abound in? God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound, say it, in every good work. Which is New Testament vocabulary. In meeting the needs of others. In doing the good work of generosity, the good work of giving, so that the needs of others and the ministry and mission of the Gospel can go forward. Paul says, God is able to make you abound so that you will have all you need to abound in every good work. God is able to make all grace abound to you. So that having all sufficiency in all things... At all times, you may abound in every good work. Now, as I close, let me just ask this question. How do we know that God will keep this promise? How how do we know that God will make us abound so that we can abound? Well, we know because of what He has already given to us. What has He already given to us? His Son. God so loved the world that He gave us His only Son. That whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. God has already given to us the greatest gift imaginable. He has already given us His Son. Christ made himself poor that we might become rich. Right at the end of this chapter, after Paul is done talking about giving, he goes back in his mind, really, to where it all begins. Notice it in verse 15. Right at the end, after talking about giving, he says, Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. And he's talking here about Jesus. He's going back to verse 9 of chapter 8, where Christ in His grace made Himself poor for us. And Paul is saying, you know, I've been talking about giving for the last two chapters, but at the end of the day, what really matters is not our giving, but His giving. Thanks be to God for the inexpressible gift. The, the gift for which there are no words. There are no words to describe the gift that has been given to us. Jesus, the eternal Son of God, loved us. Loved us enough. Enough to give Himself for us. We sung about it this afternoon. My heart was affected as we we sang about the amazing love of Christ. He he died for us. We're going to sing in just a minute at the cross and and just close our worship in in reflecting on the the giving of Christ for us and to us. Folks, it doesn't matter what else you don't have if you do have this, it doesn't matter what you have gone without. If you have Jesus, it doesn't matter how poor you are. It doesn't even matter ultimately how much you give. All that matters is that He has given Himself for us. So, if in your own heart there is a a burden of, a weight of, sin, if in your own heart there is a sense of guilt and shame, if in your own heart you are aware of how undeserving you are, I want to offer you an inexpressible gift, the free and forever forgiveness of God. Purchased for you, bought for you on the cross of Calvary where Jesus died for sinners. Oh, my friend, you know, you can have all the wealth of the world, but if you don't have Christ, you're poor. You can have none of the wealth of the world, but if you have Christ, you're rich. If you know you're forgiven, if you know God is your Father, if you know that this undeserved kindness is being poured into your life in this life and will be poured into your life forever and ever if you know that every deep dark secret and sin of your life is already seen by God and already already paid for by Jesus then you are as rich as rich can be And we don't want you to leave here still poor. We don't want you to leave here without having the riches of Christ. So make sure you don't leave without praying and asking Jesus to forgive you. Make sure you don't leave without asking God to receive you. Make sure you don't leave without saying, Jesus, thank You for dying on the cross for me. I want You to be my Savior and my Lord. Will You come into my life? And will You change me? Will You transform me? Don't leave without the riches of Jesus going with you. And if you're not quite sure how to do that, not quite sure how to pray that, how to believe that, then please, Don't leave without asking us because it would be a privilege beyond all words to be able to lead you to a wonderful Savior. A wonderful Savior. You know what will happen? As God pours the riches of His kindness into your life, He will transform you so that you will be eagerly kind to others. It's amazing. Just amazing how it works. God isn't just about forgiving us. He's about transforming us. That's the power of the good news of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, would you please do amazing things in our hearts, Lord? Father, beginning with the grace of salvation, Father, would you please would you please work in anyone here who has never, never believed, never trusted in Christ, to draw them to yourself with your powerful grace. Lead them to a place of faith and trust in Jesus. And Father, may we all be led deeper and deeper into your love, deeper and deeper into your grace. And Father, may that grace overflow. In the kindness and generosity of our lives and all the praise and all the glory and all the honor will go to you in Jesus name amen can I say this Um, I want to encourage moms and dads and children uh, to sit together and Pray together this week. Talk to God about how He wants you to be involved in giving and serving. And and start looking for seeds. You already have seeds that have been entrusted to you by the Lord. They're, They're somewhere in your possession. They may be covered up somewhere. But look for those little seeds that can be planted, can be given, can be sown. He who sows bountifully will reap bountifully, and we want that to happen in families, not just individuals, but in families, children, dads, moms, all of us together, coming together to serve Christ with generous love. Let's stand and sing to the Lord.